Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Today, our guest is Callie Holland. I just love her to death. She is the host of the No One Told Me podcast, and her mission is to gather and share the stories that shaped us most in an effort to make those coming behind us feel a little less alone in whatever they're walking through. I absolutely love her. I think you will love the conversation today. Let's welcome Callie Holland. Okay, Callie, tell me what you're working on right now that you're excited about, what you do on a day-to-day basis. I've already read your bio, so we know you a little bit, but we need to hear it from you. Listen, Ansley, when people ask you this question, do you all of a sudden feel like you need to like read your resume? (laughs) Like, let me (laughs) tell you the things that I do, you know, and then like, especially if you're, I work a lot in contract right now. So I, um, I actually, uh, was at a church for about 15 years, right? And Incredible. about a year ago, and I was in like the creative production side of everything. Absolutely loved it. But the reason why when I get asked this question, I feel like I need to present like um, a whole resume is because for so long, I tied myself to my work, right? Mm, like, yeah, let me, I'm going to prove something to you. Like, I'm going to give you my whole list of what I can do and what I'm capable of doing. Because yeah, I never viewed that question as like people trying to get to know me. I more so viewed that question as, um, let me, I viewed the question as, let me prove something to you, right? So I was just, I loved work. And because of that, God was like, guess what work has become for you? It's become a big old (sighs) fact. Like you are worshiping at the feet of what you do. And Mm. I could no longer separate who I was from what I do. And so after like 15 years and two years of just, do you ever just battle God like nobody's business? Like you're not talking to me, right? Like yeah. oh, I can point this out in everybody else's life, but don't you dare turn that around on me. Um, it was probably two years of just praying about it and fighting it. And God was like, you got to walk away from this job that you love so much. Oh. Like, right. And so I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just go part-time. Like I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to take gonna a half step. I'm going to keep what I really like to do. And, um, she said, Callie, that sounds like to me, God's like eliminate the idol and you want to hold its hand a little bit. Like you just want, you want to keep walking with it. You want to do some halfway obedience. Well, halfway obedience is still disobedience. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And so I ended up quitting my job. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Cause I'd worked there since I was like 18 all the way through college. Wow. Through, yeah. Like, and I loved it. And I remember being like, but I love it. And the thing about idols is you don't hate idols. You love them. I mean, we think we only see like the golden calf, right? And you're like, you bunch of dummies. Like, of course, you're not supposed to worship a golden calf, but we build our own that we sit yeah. down and worship at and let them define us. And, um, you know, I just learned the definition of an idol is anything if removed and you don't know who you are, that is an idol in your life. And so this mm. job taken away, I was lost as a goose. Like my anchor to everything I knew was this job that I was so passionate about and loved so much. And when it was stripped away, yeah, I was a mom and a wife and a friend and a small group leader and 
all these other things, but I wanted all of that to step in and define what first had to define me, which was a relationship with Jesus, right? I wanted everyone yeah. else to define it for me and everything I did to define it. And so even now when people ask me like, what are you working on? I start sweating because I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I want to list the things that I do. And God, yeah. like that Holy Spirit has to be like, no, 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 wait a second. Like you're not listing these things to like create value for yourself. You're just listing them because it's what I've called you to do. And I'm who you are is defined by me. And then I'll give you what you get to do based on that definition. And so what I'm working on, Ansley, is um, so I have the podcast. No one told me that we're still doing interviews for, and you're way more prepared for your podcast. Y'all, I fly by the seat of my pants on this podcast. <laughs> like, I might meet somebody. I did it with you. I met you. Yeah. I was like, She's incredible. I record with her today. Like, yeah. I want to do it right now. <laughs> and then I turn it around and push it out because I just get real excited about things. And so um, the podcast and just really walking with women through the seasons that they're in. I love creating environments um, for women to just get to know the Jesus that I know and that mm -hmm. he's actually accessible and reachable. And it's not a quick scroll with one feel good message on Instagram. Like there's deep community that can be found in relationship with Jesus and deep intimacy. And so from the podcast, we've launched something called the collective, which is a gathering of women who desire more. And it's not the more that the world tells us we should want, right? So world's like, you should have what more clothes, more money, more status, more platform, more attention, more whatever. This is the more that Jesus is defining for us. This is like mm. that when you have that restless feeling and you can't quite like settle your spirit, well, let's dig into why your spirit's not settled because I feel like you're living outside your purpose. Um, and so the collective is to help you discover what is your God-given purpose? And you do it in a community of women who are chasing the same thing, right? Who want to live in their lane and not keep trying to jump into everybody else's. Um, and so we've got the collective. And off of that, um, we are planning and hoping to launch like a mentorship program, right? Mm -hmm. So you get with someone who's a little ahead of you and they turn around and they're like, let me tell you everything I wish I knew when I was in your stage of life. And it's someone that you can trust and bring your hard stuff to, and they're gonna love you and talk through it and send you on your way. Um, so those, th those are some of the things in the works. And then obviously just some contract work with social media, which honestly, I don't love social media. And somehow I find myself <laughs> like doing it as a job a lot. So now <laughs> here I am. <laughs> How do I back out of this? Like this <laughs> Oh, that's so good. God, is this you being just like, is this the thorn in my side? Is this like yeah. Paul's thorn? You're going to make me keep doing this. But so just a little mixed bag, a little bit of everything right now. Yeah. Well, but I love it because it's all also cohesive, right? Like it all kind of makes sense that it flows together. And I specifically love, love, love your podcast. The title of it, I, you know, done. I'm already sold on it because I feel like it, but I do think it tackles the topics that young adults really do need to know and they need to learn from. And just like the title says, it's stuff that no one tells you. Mm -hmm. So what have been, or do you have any that come to mind of your favorite episodes? Oh man. Or titles even just topics. Right. For me, the topic and this is what um, launched off of, this is why we launched No One Told Me, is the topic of like early motherhood. 
Mm. saying like yeah you know this because you have Goldie now but those first it is when I knew this podcast had to exist because the rage I felt in my heart when I'm like bringing a baby home and I'm like how does no one tell you how hard this is yes no one telling you this is one of the most difficult stages you will ever ever walk through and it was one of the most times I felt so isolated and then Mm -hmm. I sat there thinking about it and was like okay so early motherhood for me that was a big one for me and being able to talk other moms that are like, oh no, this is, this is awful for everybody. Like no yeah. one knows it the first, you know, like that first few months, no one's like, yeah. oh, I am rocking this. Right. <laughs> and so I was like that, but then you think about like, okay, adulthood, early adulthood. This is the topic we get asked about probably the most often. How do you make friends? How, like mm. as an adult, when you graduate from college and your friends are no longer built in, right? Like, yeah. You're not, they're not in your classes. They're not, you're not living with them anymore. They're not based on proximity anymore. How do you make, where, where are people at? How do you make friends? Like how, yeah. like lasting friendships, not like one-offs or like acquaintances. But how do you find real friends? Like we get that. It's like, that's probably the number one thing asked is I crave wow. this and want it. And I don't know how to get it. And I want to be like, why are we not talking about this? Like how yeah. we, how we build community around ourselves when it's no longer being built for us. Um, so those are like two of the biggest ones that we get asked about. And um, a little bit, those uh, first first years of marriage, like engagement into marriage, especially for yeah. those who have chosen like abstinence, you know what I'm saying? And they're mm-hmm. like, I'm supposed to roll up on this honeymoon and do what? Like what? <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> so we get, <laughs> we get yes. asked about that quite a bit and I'm not great at being filtered. And so my husband's like, can me you either. tone it down? Like this is not just you talking, you're impacting me. I'm like, that's, <laughs> you're a impacting me. that's a valid point you're making. It's fair. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so true. Oh, and I am the same way that I'm, I'll say something even on these podcasts, like I'm hesitant to listen back to them. Cause I'm like, I'm worried I've said something I shouldn't have said. So I'm just going to let it out there and we'll figure it out. <laughs> let me tell you, I try not to listen back. Number one, my voice always sounds so weird. I'm like, do I talk that deep? I'm like Delilah out here with how deep my voice will go. <laughs> so that's first why I can't listen to him. And second, I'm like, I know I said something I regret. So we're just going to let exactly. it roll. Exactly. See if we get emails about it, you know? That's exactly how I am too. Okay. But I do want to go back to the making friends thing as a young adult, because it's true that like in college, I literally remember we just all get in the car and go to the grocery store together. Like what? I can't imagine doing that right now with one of my friends. Like, Hey, do you want to go to the grocery store at the same time today? You know, load up your kid. I'll load up my kid. We'll show up. And that's our quality time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so different. So if well, you had- we don't want to impose on each other all of a sudden, right. it's like, it always feels like an imposition now. And it's like, no, this is my friend. Like we want to spend time together. And truly the other person wants you to do that. Like nine times out of 10, they're hoping someone will call and be like, Hey, you want to roll up on the park for a minute? And then yeah. I got to drop my Kroger. You need anything? Like they want that, but we feel like, Oh man, especially you and I as twos are like, yeah. we don't want you out. Like we don't, we don't want to make you do something you really don't want to do. When really, yeah. the reason I say so many people reach out, Hensley, is because everyone is craving that. Like, yeah, more so than not, they are craving that community, and someone has to start it. And a lot of mm-hmm. times, we think we're not the ones to start it. Well, what if you are? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had that conversation, same conversation with a mentee yesterday. I think that was just like 
fold yourself into the everyday lives like you did in college Mm -hmm. of your friends and you will not struggle with (laughs) any type of loneliness or um, that feeling of like always reaching out. Like, but if you can, if your friends who are in a different stage of life can see how you are willing to show up in their stage of life, then they are like more likely to call and be like, okay, I know that I'm, this isn't going to be an imposition. So do you want to come do this? You know, it's, it's kind of tricky, but. Yeah. And guess what? If they don't want to, they'll say no. And that's where you practice not being easily offended. Right. It's (gasps) like, Oh, if they say no, that's not on me. Like, that's fine. I'll ask again. Like, it's not mm-hmm. personal. Ten times out of ten, it's not. But we take it personal. We're like, "Lord, yes. just never ask you again." I'll go find a new friend to ask. You know? Yes. But, yeah. The the idea of living unoffended, I think, is something that I'm continuing to learn, and it's so refreshing. It's so freeing. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, I, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Right. It's like think about how much more sleep so we good. get. Because sometimes, like, I'm laying in bed at night, and I'm thinking. Well, this person did that. I wonder if they were mad at me. I wonder if they're upset with me. And that's why they said no to me. And then I create this whole scenario because I'm neurotic. And then I'm laying there and I'm like, I wonder why I can't sleep. Well, because you're crazy, Callie. That's yeah. why you're just, you're crazy. Because you're making up fake scenarios in your head and you're accepting You're making up stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's, uh, I do that too. And well, I do it less now, thankfully, because I started living that way and being yeah. like, Honestly, if I do offend somebody, they need to come tell me anyway. I can't just guess. And that and will improve our communication. Yes. Yeah. So live in freedom. They're, if they're not going to tell you, that's not that's not on you. Listen, I'm shouting this stuff like I'm like living my life like this. Y'all, I'm still trying to. I'm still. <laughs> oh, same. For sure. I'm still working on it. I get it. It's so hard. But it is, there is a freedom in being hard to offend. It's so true. Yes. Oh, you're so right. I love that so much. One of the things that I have been asked multiple times is how I am so confident. And (laughs) y'all, it's all Jesus, I'll tell you that. But I did make a field guide for you if you do want practical steps on how to find your wild confidence. That is available if you go to my website, ainsleybritton.com and you click on field guides, you can find it right there for $49 and you too can find your wild confidence. Okay. So in doing what you do, (laughs) what you do, and honestly, you know, we have the similar heartbeat. We have the same, um, line of work. I'll say heart for young adults, all of that fun stuff. I know at least five people every, I don't know, couple of weeks tell me that they want to do this. Mm. They're like, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. First of all, I'm like, then prepare to make zero money. And then second of all, not where you go, if you want to drive a Tesla, I'm telling you, not for you. (laughs) Exactly. But then also I'm like, you can do this. So since you and I have a similar heart and all of that, what should someone do if they feel called to do what we do? Mm -hmm. My thing is, is you start, the goal is not a platform, right? Like Mm -hmm. I will tell you, before I hit send on any podcast, before I speak at any event, before I do anything, I want to crawl under a table and like hide and, <laughs> and not do any of it and not, you know, cause my goal was never, my goal is never a platform, but my goal was obedience. And so I think it's like when God plants a desire in your heart and a call on your life like that, the first thing is 
saying, God, and this is a prayer I have to pray every day. Like, I don't want any of this to be about me because the moment it's about me, then it stops being about you. And then it's useless. Like there's no point in doing it anymore. And so I think do it in your everyday life first before you aim to do it on a platform in front of people. Like instead of trying to gain an audience by it, do it with the audience you already have. Because I promise you, you may think you have no influence. Everyone has influence. Everyone is carrying around some influence. You already have an audience that you don't maybe aren't realizing is there because you think it needs to be bigger or it needs to look different or it needs to be on Instagram or it needs to be on a podcast or on a YouTube channel. Like that is a lie that, that this culture has taught us over time and that we're believing and buying into, like we have no influence. If no one's looking at us, people are looking at you. People are Mm -hmm. watching you. And so this is when you're like, Hey, if I want to lead women, if I want to like really impact lives, I'm going to start with the lives God has already given me. Because it's what scripture says, if you are not going to be faithful with the small, why in the world would I give you something big? And so look around at who's already around you, who who's next door to you um, at your at your apartment building, like who's in the apartment next to you, who's in the house next to you, who are you working with every single day, who is sitting next to you at church most days, because y'all know we pick our seats and sit in the same ones every week, so like, <laughs> who's sitting around you there, how are you inviting them into community or into influencing them in any way. So like start a small group, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's at the office and it's like, Hey, there's this book that I just read and it was incredible. Let's all read it together and invite some friends to do that together. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I have a friend, she's incredible. She started, um, a once a month, like neighborhood food truck night on a Friday night. And the whole neighborhood knows it's going to happen because she was a young mom who wanted community and she didn't know how to get it. And so she started inviting food trucks. She scheduled herself. She sent out invitations to all the neighborhood. And so they all gather once a month on this Friday night and she is creating community where she's at with the people God has already given her. It is not about platform or audience to have influence. You already have it. How are you using it in this moment in your life with who is already in your sphere Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. see how God grows that and how he uses that small thing, because it's in those small moments that he is honing your gifts, that he is equipping you to do it as he continues to grow you in whatever it is he wants you to do. So if you like, if you're looking at Ainsley and you're like, dang, I want to write a book. I want to have a podcast. I want to impact women and, and this next generation, the way she is, who can you impact right now? Like, it's not a yeah. them thing. It's a now who can impact now because then only comes if you're faithful now. Yeah. And know that you don't always see the fruit. Mm -hmm. Like just because if someone tells me this, what that tells me is that you've, you've felt some type of fruit, but Mm -hmm. I don't know that Mm -hmm. usually, you know, I'd say things and then I'm like, Lord, please filter that in whatever way that you feel like it needs to be filtered, only send it to the people who need it, not the people who would misunderstand it. Like, you know, I don't really know what happens. I just know what the Lord tells me. And then I just communicate that. So, and exactly what you're saying, how it's not about the platform. I did not really get a grasp on that until maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I was literally like, I don't, I don't want a platform. I don't want this because I've seen mm-hmm. how people yeah. 
yeah. treat people on with the platform, you know, versus the people next to them. And it's just so different. And it's just, I don't want that. I, all I want to do yeah. is, you know, not have my failures on an extremely public platform. <laughs> That's but, so good. But you still, and it's, it's a balance. It's like, I still feel called like there. Yeah. I could, if I could shake this call, I would, I, in, yeah. in all honesty, yes. if I, could I pray for the it, heart of a nine to five every day. Yes. Like if I, if I could just like, I just, the thought of not having it though, like not doing it, not trying to impact the women around me, not like, I think I've told my best friends like eight times, I'm quitting the podcast. I'm quitting it. I'm dropping it. I'm done with it. And I can never get settled about it because I have such a deep conviction that there are still women who are aching and lonely and isolated. And I refuse mm-hmm. to not be a part of the solution for that. Like yeah. I, I can't live every day knowing I'm not a part of that solution. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's exactly what you said. And that's so good is like this, that platform, like if I could just have a nine to five, it'd be great. But you look at what you do have and the tools you do have and how do you execute on that? And when you're yeah. faithful with the small, then he's faithful to continue to grow you and, and equip you and give you what you need to do, whatever the next thing is yeah. that you're called to do. And you might not know what it is for a while. Oh, you said the fruit. That's what I was getting at. Gosh, listen, I was going to keep chasing a rabbit talking to remember what <laughs> Um, the fruit, my, my, my small group and I were actually talking about it last night. It's so hard. We sometimes we'll do things to see the fruit, right? We're yeah. like, oh, if I do this. I bet the fruit will look like this. Yes. And if it doesn't, yes. we are ticked, right? We're yeah. like, what the heck? Like, how like, did this happen? How is this, this not is so, working? This is, God, I try, I'm trying to tell you how this is supposed to go. Like, why are you not <laughs> tracking with me right now? Because I'm pretty clear on how this is supposed to go down. Like we, you got so transactionally, right? It's like, yes. I'll do this and you that. Like, okay, here's my obedience. I'm serving it up to you. Doesn't it look good and it pretty? I did it. Mm-hmm. Now you do exactly what I want you to do. Yes. And we are so frustrated when it's not, the fruit doesn't look like we wanted it to look. And that's because we got it wrong on the front end. Like mm-hmm. obedience isn't for the, for the sake of what's uh, what we're going to get from it. Right. Obedience is just out of a pure love for God, our father and what he did for us and what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's the only reason to be obedient because when obedience is transactional, then our trust in him is all of a sudden conditional, right? We're like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't do what I thought you were going to do or what I wanted you to do. So uh, you know what? I'm going to go off on my own and do it this way because I tried this obedience thing and you didn't hold up your end of the deal. And all of a sudden our trust in him is getting chipped away at, you know, and we're, we're not as sure of his faithfulness or his goodness anymore because the fruit didn't look like we wanted it to look. I'm like starring that quote, writing it down, all the things. <laughs> if the Listen, obedience- that was a hard learned lesson. That is that from was- like, that's from like on the ground, on my knees, like, God, you have got to do something different. And he's like, nope, that is not how I work. Try another way. It's so good and so true. Mm-hmm. If the obedience is transactional, the trust will be conditional. Mm-hmm. The trust will always be conditional because we want, when we're we're treating our obedience, like we're going to get something out of it from him. Like we want it, like uh, something that's like tangible or a circumstance or a relationship or a situation is going to change. He's like, I just, I just want you to be obedient because you love me. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just want you to be obedient because you see me for who I am and you know, my character. And so I had to start down a whole journey, Ansley, of like relearning his character mm-hmm. because I had viewed him as transactional for so long that I couldn't figure out 
why I couldn't stand firmly in my faith. Well, it's because my trust had become conditional on what he was going to do for me. And when it didn't play out the way I wanted it to, then all of a sudden I wasn't so sure he was a good God, that he was faithful, that he was steadfast. I was no longer sure of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I'm like, I have a feeling I'm going to have a long day thinking about this. <laughs> it is. When I told you it rocked me, it did like, and it ticked me off too. Gosh, I'm talking about all the things that make me mad. Y'all are going to have a whole list. But <laughs> Because walking in no, faith I love it. real hard, y'all. It's just real hard. Just, it really is. It is. It's just hard. <laughs> I'm writing that down too because that is, is, it's just so true. And I think we forget that. I think we think that we are, I mean, I'm even thinking of like Goldie when I'm praying, like, please, Lord, please let her sleep good tonight. Please let her sleep good. And he's like, I didn't promise you sleep. Yeah. Like, I promised you eternity. Yeah. But I didn't promise you sleep. We treat him like that vending machine. You know, that vending machine, we're trying to get our crumpled dollar in and put our numbers in for exactly what we want out of it. And then it's like stuck in the little round thing and you're just like shaking the crap out of it to get the M's. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's just not who he is. That's not his character. We've, we've got to relearn his character. So how do you personally stay confident in Christ through all of that? Mm. Like how? Listen to just listen to me. (laughs) It is so hard. And that's another thing no one tells you is like, Hey, we can make faith look really pretty. I think a lot of Christians can make faith look really pretty, but faith really wasn't ever supposed to look pretty. Right. I mean, look at, look at the biblical representation of faith. It's not very pretty, but it's, but it's always fulfilling. It's always like a confidence. You know, there's this scripture in Romans and Paul wrote, you can have a confident hope. And Mm -hmm. he says that right after that verse that if you've grown up in church, you know, it like you're going to come against trials and, and, and hard stuff and, and all these things that you just don't want to happen. But what does that produce in you? It produces endurance. What does endurance then lead to strength of character? What does strength of character then lead to confident hope, a hope that does not disappoint. That's in Romans five. And so, okay, let's track with that. Things happen that feel unfair. I did not want to quit my job. I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I loved where I was in life. I'd finally made it to the top. I was a creative director. I was everything I wanted to be. And God was like, no, but the way you did this, like you don't worship me, you're worshiping this, this title, this position. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, I'll give that up. And I'm going to trust you're going to give me something better. Well, I'm a year in, right? And Uh the the like thing in my head that I thought was going to be the better thing hasn't happened, but so many better things have happened. And so over the summer, when I'm like feeling like the Israelites, you know, when the Israelites are like, Moses, we're going back to Egypt. Like, forget you. Like, this is, I know you split the sea. I know that you brought us food from nowhere. I know that God's in, in front of us and behind us. Like we physically see him. I get it, but I'm just tired of waiting. I'm tired of being out here in this desert. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Pharaoh. And I used to be like, y'all are dumb. What do you mean you're going back to Pharaoh? But let me tell you, they wanted to go back where they were because at least then they knew what was expected of them, right? Right. Like they knew it was going to stink. They knew every day was going to be hard. And so that was fine. So they wanted the comfort of knowing. Yeah. Asking you and, and inviting you into the comfort of not knowing. Because when you follow Jesus, faith is steadfast, confident hope that mm-hmm. you're not going to know and you can still be okay. It is okay not to know. And so 
that summer when I'm like trying to throw it in reverse and like, I'm heading back to favor <laughs> all this. Like I did my best. Like I was obedient. I did what you asked me to do. And, um, I remember being in the car with Ryan in one of my like lowest moments. And I'm even embarrassed to say this out loud, but I said, right. And this is when I understood how I was viewing God. And I said, Ryan, I was obedient. I did what I was supposed to do. Now I need to get what I deserve out of this. Oh wow! And I kid you not. I can't believe lightning did not strike that vehicle <laughs> because I sat there. And if the Holy spirit did not convict me so fast and is like, Oh, do you really want what you deserve? Because yeah. let me tell you, oh. you deserve the cross. You deserve to be hanging on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give you what you deserved. So don't mm-hmm. sit there and say, give me what I deserve, right? Like mm-hmm. it was just intense. And I had to flip. Like I had to, that was a big turning point for me this summer. And so what it looked like now is, y'all, I know on Instagram, like we can make faith look really pretty and like it's yeah. just a verse and hang on to that verse and you're fine. But it's so much deeper than that. Like really yeah. finding a, that competent hope when you go through the, through the trials and tribulations and you're enduring those by even on the days you don't feel like doing what you know to do. Like I know I'm better when I get up and read scripture, right? When yeah. I'm in scripture for a little while, when I'm in prayer for a little while and y'all, this does not have to be an hour long. It doesn't like that yeah. when I got up and I would do that, even on the days, Ainsley, I did not want to, cause I yeah. was I was just mad. Like I was, I was just frustrated with where I was and I didn't want to get up and do those things, but I got up and did those things to develop an endurance and a discipline to mm. do hard things. Cause I knew that discipline in the moment I didn't want to is what was going to bring the strength of character to keep going and to yeah. show up and continue to show up for other people in my life and continue to open up to other people in my life and say, Hey, I know that on the outside, I probably look like, and on Instagram, I look like I am flying and I am doing so good, but I'm not like, I am angry. And I just have so many questions for God right now. And I don't understand why this season looks this way, Mm, but yeah, strength of character, because I began to learn his character again. So the discipline of being in scripture, if you want to know God's character, read his word, it's right there, learn his character. And it develops a strength and character of you. And that leads to a confident hope, a hope that does not disappoint. That's exactly what Roman says, a confident Mm -hmm. hope, a hope that will not disappoint. Because when your hope is in a circumstance, a relationship or a situation, you're going to be disappointed every single time. There's no way you're not going to be. Every time you're going to be disappointed. But when your hope is in the one who is hope, that's a confident hope. That's a, you know what? Yeah, I'm not exactly. And even now, Ansley, I'm not exactly where I thought I would be or where I wanted to be, but I have a confident hope in the one who began a good work will finish that good work. And that, yeah. and that he's still using me. Like it might not be using me the way I thought he would be, but he's still using me. Like I'm still, you know, I see an abundance. I, this is not a, there's not a scarcity of his blessings in my life. There's an abundance of them but sometimes you miss them because they don't look like the way you thought they should look. And so, yes. you, you know, you just look over all of it and then you got to sit down. So it is, that's, I maintain it by time and his word every single day and the developing the self-awareness and the Holy Spirit's conviction when I'm stepping outside of that and inviting accountability into that through community and being like, Hey, when I'm, when I'm acting like this, when you hear these words come out of my mouth, I need you to call me on it. Like you have permission to tell me. Yeah. Hey, you're not, you're not living the way you said you wanted to live. You know, you're not not walking in that confident hope that you're talking about right now. So what do we need to do to adjust? 
I like the phrasing of that because it doesn't sound like an attack that you're like telling people, hey, please hold me to this. This is how I want to live. I like the way that you're approaching that conversation and that it's a like, hey, I care about you. You said you wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like you are doing that. So what can we do to course correct? Yeah. And when you're That's specifically a good asking, asking people to do that, Ansley, then you're a lot less defensive because you have given yeah. them permission, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, dang. Yeah. I did tell you, you could say that to me. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm going to listen. Right. Whereas if someone just comes out of the blue at you, you're like, how dare you? Like mm-hmm. you're not living in confident hope. Get out of here with that. Right. <laughs> like, it's just easier when you have invited and given someone permission to speak that into your yeah. life. Yeah. Brene Brown talks about this uh, sticky note thing. She has like five names on a sticky note. And these are the only voices that can speak into her life, good and bad. And I'm like, golly, that is so good. Like that's such a good lesson. So I try and, you know, keep that in practice and be like, these are the people that I know love me. And that is their, the, what do you call it? Equity, relational equity. They have relational equity with me. And that those are the people that, you know, I trust to correct me and in love. I love that. It's like, I know they love me and they love Jesus. And those are the two requirements. Like you've got to know me well enough to love me and you've got to know Jesus enough to love him. Cause that's the only way you get to speak into what's going on with me. That's so good. I know that there are so many people that are like, I'm going to binge, binge, listen to the podcast. I'm so sorry in advance. (laughs) So you and just uh, ignore, ignore that, uh, run away from whatever, (laughs) but tell us how to hang out with you online, where to find the podcast and all the places that you are so we can connect. Gosh, this all does this part pain you a little bit because you're like, go listen to me. Like, look at, <laughs> and I always, I don't think I'll battle this the whole time that I'm doing stuff like this. But I truly believe there is power in hindsight. Mm-hmm. That when you have someone who's ahead, you know, we talked about we were going to launch this mentor program, but these episodes are like your own mentorship. And yeah. This Right. And so I just believe in the power of hindsight that if, if we can use what has happened to us and turn around and walk with others who are going through the same thing, the enemy has so much less power. You're not isolated anymore. You're not on your own anymore. And so that's what these podcast episodes are for. We are tackling issues and moments that you're like, how the heck has no one told me that this was going to happen or it's just going to feel this way or whatever it might be. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcast that no one told me. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at NOTM podcast. Um, and then we also have the website, which is no one told me podcast.com. So I would love, and y'all, I live for DMs. I always respond to them. I think they are <laughs> such a good time. So just message, reach out. I'm telling you, it's always, I might not know what I'm going to say, but it'll be a good time. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee that because I always have a great time talking to you. And I so appreciate you coming and hang out with me this morning. Oh, it was so much fun, Ainsley, as always, as always. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.